This episode is not affiliated with, nor is it sponsored in any way by SakuraCon. The views and opinions presented in this episode do not represent SakuraCon or their parent company in any way. Hey friends, I'm Ash. I'm Elle. We are Lobby Cosplay. And this is Shenanigans Cosplayers Say, and we just got back from Seattle. I'm so not used to you saying the word shenanigans. I know. Still. I know, it's going to take a while for us to uh, get used to the, the change, but it sure was nice to be at a con and actually say the podcast title and not have to worry about it. Well, that's weird. Yeah, it's really weird. Or like right now, we're at ReggieCon and the title is printed out outside of the theater and no one's upset about it i like it it's great it's beautiful yes we made the mistake of doing back-to-back cons with only three days in between so this is fine it's fine i guess so in our downtime we're recording this episode before we have to go to a live show tonight at 9 30 but um so yes we traveled all the way to seattle to attend sakura con 2023 i'm very proud of us we actually left my house on time um yes that's because i purposely overestimated how much time we were going to need so that we would leave on time (laughs) well sometimes it'd be like that sometimes it'd be like that sometimes it'd be like that we did we did leave on time so we actually drove to Chicago to then fly out of O'Hare. Well, because we can fly direct from O'Hare to Seattle and not have layovers. It's also half the price. Yes, also that. It's so expensive to fly from our small airport to a larger airport to the other airport. It's just not worth it. It takes more time. Well, and that's because you're doing two legs instead of one leg. So, you know, math. It It just takes way more time. It's not worth, it's not worth it. No. Oh, I did get air tags though, just for peace of mind. And BTW, I love them. Um, those are pretty fantastic. We knew exactly where our luggage was. <laughs> it was really entertaining. I was like, oh look, it says it's near me. Yeah, they came, they showed up really fast too. So yes, I was very proud of both SeaTac and O'Hare right? for how quick their luggage return was. That was that was something. The, the kiosks, though, were angry and, yes. and made me go back in a second time to print the third tag They really both didn't times. want to do that. No. Oh, well. But no, our travel for this was pretty smooth. Nothing got horribly damaged. We had to do some wig repairs because, of course, wigs just don't travel great. Um, so had to do some work on that. Um, I totally want to plug PreCheck, though, because right? bless PreCheck. Bless PreCheck. We didn't tell you that. Don't go sign up for it. We don't want the long yeah, lines any longer. Sh- don't go. <laughs> don't go. But when we si- when we showed up at SeaTac uh, at like 4.30 in the morning, the regular line was massive and there was no one at PreCheck. Well, that's because the regular line at SeaTac doesn't open till 5. Right. Because it makes so much sense to have flights that start at 5.30 in the morning, but not open any of your things till 5 o'clock. Well, I think if you walked all the way to the other end of the airport, you mm. could get through security. Just not on the end of the airport where our terminal was, where there were definitely planes that left at 545. Right, because that makes so much sense. Hey, I didn't build the airport. Right. <laughs> and apparently they're not doing a great job either. No, because they screwed up building the airport, and now it can't hold as many planes as it was supposed to. Yikes. So, you know. It'll be fine. It's all good. Yeah. Apparently they were on the news a lot for that. Yes. Oh, well. No, TSA pre-check is the greatest thing we've ever done. Yes, we didn't get to use it on our way to Spain, no. but we got to use it this time, and it was amazing. Future con schedules, I'm sure we're going to get to use it many more times. So Yes, let's do it. Yes. So convenient. It is so convenient. 
So this con was kind of structured a little bit differently than what we're used to. So our judging was on Friday afternoon because the, the cosplay, cosplay contest, contest is at 9 a.m. Yes, that's right. You did not hear that wrong. It was at 9 a.m. And we will get to it. Um, yes. I, I do kind of like Friday judging, though. I know yeah. a lot of cons offer it, mm-hmm. and we've never taken advantage of it before because we didn't want to have to get dressed twice. Right. Um, I think the only other time we've really done Friday judging was probably Yoma for mm-hmm. prelims, but I kind of like it. What's nice about it is, in because unless on Saturday you get a judging time that's like right before you need to go to the stage, it's really inconvenient because... You don't have enough time to get undressed, but you can't do anything in your costume. So it's like, what do I do? So unless you're lucky enough and you get a time like right before the con, it is kind of, you know, inconvenient. Yeah. It's also probably nicer for the judges because they at least have a little time to look at everything before the contest. So that's also kind of nice because usually it's like, Okay, your last person went through the door, and now the contest starts in 30 minutes. Right. So you don't have time to really, like, deliberate well, but then you're expected to have results, like, 30 minutes after the contest ends. Yes. So. Well, and that was one of the really nice things about Milwaukee last year mm-hmm. with the judging. So after we got done judging Friday, we could at least talk about what we'd seen so far. Right. Um. Which is what we did in all of our break times that we had um, whenever we had lulls. Because there were several of those on Saturday also where people were all squished together. So that was really nice. And yeah, it's it's easier for your judges. And then they can mull things over and think about them in their entirety. And yeah, I, I'm a fan. The hard part about this convention, though, is we're like really spoiled in the Midwest with our convention centers being attached to hotels. And there were significant walks from the hotel to both buildings. Uphill both ways in the snow. I mean, the one was uphill (laughs) both ways. So Seattle has now two buildings, the Summit and the Arc Building. The Arc Building is the older one, which previously housed the entire convention. And then they split the convention between the Summit and the Arc. We had originally been told that the cosplay contest would be in the Summit Building. So we picked a hotel by the Summit Building and it ended up in the Ark Building, which is about a 10 minute walk away. (laughs) So (laughs) mistakes were made. Mistakes were made. And by the time I found that out, I couldn't switch hotels. Like there was no availability at any of the closer hotels. So it wasn't even an option for me to try to switch at that point. We were just kind of stuck in the hotel that we were in. But we also forgot umbrellas in Seattle. You know. So that was smart. We had to go buy umbrellas so we weren't wet all the time. Because, of course, it rained the entire time we were there. Yeah, every day. Every day. Every minute. Pretty much. Just rained. It rained enough that we took our umbrellas everywhere, even when it said it wasn't going to be raining, just in case. Right. (laughs) Well, the, the other thing we forgot about the judging for here is they actually give you 10 minutes. Which we haven't had 10 minutes except for internationals. It's usually two and a half for a, for a duo. Two and a half for a duo. Which is great because we actually used the whole 10 minutes. We did. We did actually use the whole 10 minutes without like trying to drag it out or anything like that. Um, but it was kind of nice because you didn't feel like you were talking at like 10 times speed. 
to try to get through your costumes because you have two master's level costumes that you have to talk about in two and a half minutes so that it can be kind of rough. But that is typically how it's done in the Midwest. So I know a lot of places now are trying to give like master's five minutes. Anything is better than nothing. Anything's better than nothing because there are some conventions that give you like nothing. So the other thing that happened because of the little snafu with the cosplay contest being at 9 a.m., um, rehearsal got cut. We were not going to have time to do a rehearsal because the contest was already so early in the morning. So the coordinator wrangled up a room that at least had a space the size of the stage that we could like block and take a look at, which was really nice because the stage actually ended up being a lot smaller than I thought it was based on the measurements. So that was actually nice because I was worried we weren't going to fill the whole stage. Yeah. Because we'd been practicing in kind of tight quarters. Um, We typically practice outside, but it's been, uh, except for today, it's like 80 degrees. But um, previously to SakuraCon, it was cold in the Midwest and we couldn't practice outside. So then we ended up practicing in my garage, which only has so much space. So we've been kind of contained into a small space. We, I was kind of worried we weren't going to fill the whole stage. And the stage ended up being, like, no bigger than the space we were working in anyway. Yeah, we were just able to stretch a little bit more um, and not feel yeah. quite so cramped. Well, and then the other issue we were running into was we had to obviously bring a backdrop that could fit into a suitcase, which involves assembly. And attempting to assemble in Harley and Ivy was not going to work. Um, but we were going to have to do it because they had no other option. And then last minute they were able to um, get a room that they could put the sets in. So they were at least put together before the contest. So we still had to go get it, but at least it was put together and we didn't have to try to assemble it in our like fancy costumes. Yeah, that was really nice. So we were able to meet them um, in the evening after we had done our, our walkthrough. We went back to the hotel grabbed everything and then went over and actually assembled our set into this little room that they had found for us to keep props and such in and then just yeah go up and get it in the morning and ta-da all done so the thing you're all wondering i'm sure is how was having a cosplay contest at 9 a.m please keep in mind that our call was 7 45 a.m 7.45 a.m. So we were up at 5, and we didn't have that hard of costumes to put on. So I cannot imagine some of these other people that were there, how early they had to get up to physically get into costume. Now, we have the added benefit, because we are from the Midwest, 5 a.m. Seattle time is like 7 a.m. our time. So if it had been a work day, I would have already been at work. By the time that we woke up. Exactly. Exactly. Um, So, you know, we get there at 7.45 a.m. And we find out there isn't actually a green room. Um, They stuck us all backstage. Which made me a little sad because the best part about competing is talking to people in the green room. And you couldn't talk to anyone because you were just sitting in the dark. In the back of the stage. No lights. No lights. Just sitting in the dark. Minimal chairs. Minimal chairs in the back of the stage, which was not, they thought they had a green room and something got messed up. Um, So it wasn't anything that like anybody did on purpose. It just somehow got lost in the, in the shuffle of things. Uh, So yeah, that was a little disappointing because the best part about competing is making new friends. And we didn't really get the opportunity to do that 
because we couldn't talk to anyone and you couldn't see anyone because it was pitch black. That was unfortunate. Yes. Um, we had a couple of people whose costumes glowed and then a couple of us got the flashlights out on our yes. phone so that we could at least like help people get like their shoes on or, you know, adjust a couple things yeah. um, that they would do in the green room before going on stage. But yeah. I mean, everybody definitely like band together to try to make it work. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you always have like last minute things zip you have ties. to fix. Zip ties. <laughs> Yes, we had a group that needed to borrow zip ties because something accidentally fell apart last minute. You know, things happen, um, but we did have that extra challenge of it being very, very dark. So it was hard to... uh, I'm surprised nobody fell on anything or got hurt or got damaged with it being as dark as it was back there. I'm also very glad. um, So super last minute, we did con them into opening up the bathroom that was right behind us. Um, So there were lights in the bathroom. Which helped. Once the bathroom was open, that helped a lot um, with being able to see. And to be able to go to the bathroom. And to be able to go to the bathroom. Without going into the audience. Right. Because sometimes you got to go to the bathroom, especially when your call is at 4.45 a.m. Like, you got to go to the bathroom. You mean 7.45? Or 7.45 a.m. God, if 5.45 would have been atrocious. Uh, Um, Yeah. But yeah, I kind of missed the green room. Experience. experience with this because I think there would have been a lot of people at this competition that we would have wanted to talk to because this was a really high quality competition um, and I just feel like there would have been multiple people we would have liked to talk to that we didn't really get to because we didn't get that green room experience well and then after the contest they shoved us all out really yes. fast because they had to get ready for the next event yeah because we were already over time so literally everybody just got shoved out the room and we had to leave so um that was disappointing so your other question i'm sure is did anyone show up at 9 a.m shockingly yes yes um yes they did we kept saying that if this was the midwest no one would have shown up Man, the people here are loyal to their contest, and that room was pretty full at 9 a.m. Now, people were in, like, their pajamas and stuff, but, like, who cares? I love it. Um, But, yeah, it was actually pretty full. There were people in the audience. Because my next, my big concern, we're like, okay, great. We're flying halfway across the country, and we're going to perform for nobody. Which, no performer likes that. Like, and I'm including our walk-on friends, too. No, Everyone's a performer. If you're on stage, you are performing in a fashion. No one likes to perform for an empty crowd. Disheartening to a performer. But the SakurCon attendees showed up to support their contest. And I'm super impressed by that. Because I really don't think that that would happen in the Midwest. I don't think people would get up at 9 a.m. and come to a contest. It was nice. Yeah, the the loyalty to this contest was really impressive. Um, And I think that has a lot to do with their coordinator, who we'll talk about. But um, I was really impressed by the, like, just the loyalty of the attendees, the loyalty of the contestants to this contest was really refreshing. And everybody was super supportive of each other. Oh, yeah. Um, And you can tell there's a lot of people that do this contest every single year. um, And nobody's mad about it. (laughs) Like, it was just, everybody was just very positive despite the fact that we were all there at 9 a.m. But you're also probably wondering who won this contest. Well, let us tell you. Let us tell you. So your judges were Meijin Cosplay, who was the ECCC rep for Crown. Um, we're probably going to butcher this, but um, Slehi and then Crimson Nova Cosplay and Renegade Cosplay. So the judges' choices 
were um, made jeans was Chaos in Motion cosplay as Hannah Alexander's Tinkerbell. Slayhe chose Mataru and Calvary as Link and Zelda from The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. Crimson Nova cosplay chose Kirihishi as Firion from Final Fantasy II. And Renegade cosplay chose Did Hero Down as Alloy from Horizon Forbidden West. So Sakura Khan does not do an excessive amount of awards. So they have first and second place for each category, a best original design, performance awards, and then best in show. So this will not take 500 years like it sometimes does when we do contest reviews. Yes. So moving on to our craftsmanship awards, second place novice went to Sun in the Face cosplay as your forger from Spy Family. First place novice went to Bloody Archon and Eternal Banquet as Zi Lian and Hua Xing from Heaven's Official Blessing. I was shocked to find out these two were novice. Oh yeah, they were stunning. So you have to understand that the novices and the journeymen in this contest look a lot like the masters we see in some smaller Midwest convention yeah. uh, contest. So it was, we were very, we didn't know who was in what because everyone had pretty, uh, pretty elaborate costumes. Yes. Well, and we were split into two groups in the dark. Right. So we couldn't see half of the other contestants because we were stuck in the dark on the other side of the stage. Yes. Um, second place journeyman went to Talus cosplay as Moon Spirit UA from Avatar The Last Airbender, um, which I believe this was also a Hannah Alexander. Yes, this was. Yes. And first place journeyman went to Honey Bunny Cause as Nero Claudius from Fate Grand Order. This was so clean. Like ridiculously clean. I actually got to see hers afterward and it was pretty wild. Um, I would like to say before we go into masters, this convention had 20 masters entries, which you never see (laughs) very frequently. I think the most we've ever had in a contest with us is 13 and that was Colossal Con. And that's because Colossal Con gives out a thousand, we're used to give out a thousand dollars for best craftsmanship. So this contest had 20 masters entries. Second place, Masters, went to Bubble Nebula as Sunset Dragon's Totoro from My Neighbor Totoro. First place, Masters, went to Oki Undertones as Yuko from Holic. I was so excited to see a Yuko. So excited. It's beautiful. I haven't seen a Yuko in a contest in like 10 years. I was really excited when I saw her like up on stage because I was like, I know exactly what that is. I know exactly who that is. And then she went down the other side of the ramp. Yes, because not only were we in the dark backstage, but there were too many of us to put all on one side of the stage. So they split us in half. Yeah, so you couldn't and you couldn't really see what people were doing on stage either. Like you can kind of peek through this like little square on the side of the stage, but that was about it. So we have no idea what anyone did. We have to like watch the video. Because we don't know what anyone else looked like. Because we have not seen them. Um, but this this costume had such a variety of techniques on it. Um, a lot of hand-painted details. I was just really excited to see you go. It was stunning. Yes. Yes. And best original design went to Jin Shacho as Lapras from Pokemon. So they put costumes that are not established fan art. So things that are not no Flutter, Hannah Alexander, etc. in their own category. So this costume is a costume that was designed by the person who made it in award. So best display, which is also best walk-on, 
um, was Tori Weaver cosplay as Hydro Abyss Mage Kaya from at Hyo, the Hydro Abyss Mage slash Kaya Albrecht from Genshin Impact. Best musical was Us as Harlequin and Poison Ivy from DC Comics. We will have the video up shortly. We just need to get it off of YouTube. But we robbed a bank and did Sparkling Diamonds from Moulin Rouge. Yes. And this yes. was in the, um, for those of you who have not seen the costumes, these are the alternate Victorian no flutter designs of Harley and Ivy. So this is, in fact, my Harley with the 12,000 rhinestones on it. So she got back on stage. We did a thing which might be our favorite skit to date now it was good it was good it was good it was good but yeah we did sparkly diamonds and robbed a bank seems appropriate great <laughs> just just a normal girl's night out just a normal girl's night out right it's all good um best drama was kiraki cosplay and chaotic charisma as griffith and guts from berserk and best comedy was red leaf cosplay as witch ariel from the little mermaid and this was adorable. Oh, it was super precious. It was so cute. She did a parody to part of her role that was part of your group. Yes. Um, talking about being in cosplay groups. So or singing about cute. being in cosplay groups. Well, and it was her, super sweet. Her voice was excellent. Like, her singing vocal quality was, like, spot on for Ariel. The best in show was Maybe So as Q Frey and Orlugio. From Witch Hat Atelier. This is the new big thing we're hearing, is this this Witch Hat Atelier. Um, and when you look at these costumes from afar, they don't look like anything. And that's just the designs in general. Um, because then I went and looked at some of the other designs, and I was like, ooh, these are fun. And now I want one. Um, these costumes were stunning. But if you don't know about sewing... You're going to take one look at these two costumes and go, why did that win? Because they are s simple at first glance. And then you get up close and you see the beautiful handmade lace and the embroidery and the attention to fabric choices and the details and the pleating and the way that the fabric is folded just right so it matches like the movement that they needed to do. Like they were just, they were stunning. Yeah, I was super happy when we found out that this won. Yes. Yeah. I was I was a little like surprised at first and then I got to see them up close and I was like, this makes me so happy. And it like I had told Ash earlier, like this made me as a crafter feel better. Especially in the Midwest, it seems like if you don't go massive over the top with your 3D printing and your computers and your giant props and your leather work and your armor and you know massive over-the-top embroidery with every little technique that you can possibly think of you shouldn't be entering contests like you can't win anything you shouldn't be on stage you're not doing enough and then we went to this contest with judges that appreciated well-executed work that didn't have to be larger than life and for me, that was really nice to see because I've been struggling with, like, how do I keep competing when I don't want to do these larger-than-life things? I'm not interested. I'm interested in learning some embroidery techniques. I'm interested in learning beading techniques, doing more with wigs, 
doing more like some mold work and paint and, and that kind of stuff, but I'm not interested in some of these high tech things that are big and popular right now. And it was really nice to see costumes win that didn't have any of those things. Like I went from I should quit to I think as long as I pick the right contest, I can be okay. So that was for me like really changed a lot. Um, in terms of like, I was about ready to quit, honestly, before this contest, because I'm like, I can't keep up. I can't do that. I don't want to do those things. I don't want to spend thousands of dollars on 3D printing equipment and computer programming when I don't want to do it. Um, so it was, so apparently I just need to look for the right contests that don't necessarily expect you to do larger than life. But, you know. So if you have any recommendations yeah. for contests that appreciate clean, well-executed work, regardless of whether or not you're using all the fancy smancy, you know, new popular techniques, and they allow for performance at the same time, yes. let us know. Or if you know of a good contest that is performance only, let us know, because we have also decided to start looking at that as well um just as a work-life balance kind of situation sometimes it's just too hard to make new costumes and compete at the same time but what was really great was this was an awesome performance contest there were 22 performances and they were all good i would have been satisfied just being able to compete in performance in this contest and not having been craftsmanship judged like it still was a legit good contest so if you know of any more conventions that do that Please let us know because we would also be interested in that as well. Yep. So to go watch the show, um, bless Sakura Rangers. They already have it up on YouTube for you. So we can post a link in the show notes um, along with our time if you want to skip straight to straight to our goodies. But we do recommend you watch the whole thing because it was a great show in general. Absolutely. No, it was a fantastic contest. Um, we need to go back and actually watch some of the the different performances and things because we get to see it. We could only see it like, through the little box. We could see the little box <laughs> and we could be like, I'm pretty sure that was pretty awesome, but I wish I could see it from like the front um, so I could actually appreciate what they're doing uh, because you're seeing it from like the side and a performance from the side is really weird. <laughs> yep. um, it's like it's not meant to be seen from that angle. So you're just like, what are they doing? Like, it's really hard to see. You can't see all the people. Like, it's just, yeah, not recommended. Well, you know. Yeah. So a lot of people have messaged us going, how does a con have the audacity to put their contest at 9 a.m.? That is probably the number one question we've gotten about going to this convention. And first of all, I want you to know, this is not the cosplay coordinator's fault. Cosplay departments do not control these kind of things. They have very little to no control over this. But I also want you to know that this was not something that was done on purpose against cosplay. Like, if you know anything about events, these kind of things happen. Conventions are very large and they are very complicated. And in particular, this one is very large and was extra complicated because this was the first time they were split between two buildings. It's, and I would say probably from our experience with Khan, the hardest thing to manage at a convention is programming. Yes, especially main stage. Yes, main stage is tough because there's a lot of things that want to be on it, but there's only so much time. You know, things like this don't happen because a con doesn't like cosplay. 
It happens because of contracts, space, other roadblocks that happen that just make it really hard to move things around. You know, maybe could have this been solved if there had been like better communication beforehand? Possibly. Maybe. I mean, we don't know all the background behind it. You know, one of my big questions was, well, it was too bad they couldn't have moved it to Sunday. But I'm going to guess they didn't know about the issue early enough to be able to move it to Sunday. Right. Because you also don't want people to like be forced to drop out because you changed the day because they're like traveling home or something. Like that wouldn't be fair. Obviously, this event is very popular. Filled up this room at 9 a.m. And when you have an event that is this popular, you really should give it more attention. And it does sound like they're going to next year. So ideally, they are going to give this contest more attention, better time slots, more assistance, because it is an excellent contest. And it deserves to have a better place at this convention. Yeah, not just from the attendees. Like, the the contest itself fills up instantaneously as soon as signups go live. And there's a wait list a mile long to be on it if you weren't one of the fortunate few to get in in those first couple of minutes. It does sound like they are going to be giving it more of what it deserves going forward. And I really hope that's true because it's a great show and that only gives it the potential for it to be even better um, given those better resources. Well, and this show is great because of its coordinator and assistant coordinator. The coordinator of this show is Crystal, also known as Sumikins, who you may know from um, multiple international competitions in the past. And the assistant is Katie, who is also known as UVV. Crystal and Katie went above and beyond to battle roadblock after roadblock after roadblock with this contest and they came out with flying colors yes adapting and overcoming they were complete experts at and the other thing i will definitely give them kudos for is so if we didn't know that there was a problem that they had to overcome we wouldn't have known that there had been a problem but i also 100 percent appreciate the transparency of them constantly keeping communication and keeping the contestants in the loop of where we're currently at and what they're trying to do about it. They just, I am so impressed with how they adapted to this absolutely unfathomable situation. I never thought we'd ever compete in a contest at 9 a.m. 9 p.m.? Sure. 9 a.m.? No. This should have been a disaster and they made it work it was fabulous like things just kept changing constantly from when we walked in that door that morning and they made it work and this isn't even a large team this team is really small for the size of this contest and they made it work we want to thank you guys for an awesome contest absolutely I mean, we were we were very like, what? We're going to have to do 9 a.m. and no one's going to come. And it's just going to be like we traveled halfway across the country. No, it was worth it. Because this contest was great, despite all the things that are not ideal. So I cannot imagine the contest they will have if they can get some of the things that they need. So we also want to say thank you to the very small team of volunteers that made this happen. Um, to Joanne, Princess of Tea. Tana, Sewing Savage, 
Xander, Doom Buggy Cosplay, Lauren, Lulu Laurent, and Addie, Tokudoku, and Steph, Centuries Apart. Thank you for all your help. This obviously could not have been done without you all as well. Thank you for keeping sanity backstage yep. and making <laughs> sure that everyone was taken care of. And thank you to the MCs, you two cosplay. Um, so Rifin and Yuki, um, they did a great job keeping everything moving and keeping it on time as best as they could. There was no way this contest was ending on time. It, it just it didn't fit in the amount of time they gave them. So it just was not going to happen. But they did the best they could to keep it as on time as possible. Yes. So, um, so thank you all of you for our... Really, I mean, we don't count Spain. So thanks for our first, like, out of the Midwest con experience. Yep. Yeah. Count, count Spain. Well, that, that's an international yeah, con experience. Spain's special. And I don't count Michigan because we could drive there. That's in the Midwest. And it's technically in the Midwest. That's even though it's Midwest. eight hours away. It's technically in the Midwest. There's, or seven hours. The Midwest is really big. It's not just where we're from. It's true. <laughs> it's true. So we do <laughs> the cosplay contest at 9 a.m. I and, liked it. And I mean, for us, it wasn't that bad because we're old and we get up early. But then we had the rest of the day to do everything. That was wild. Like we were back in the hotel room by noon. Right? It was so weird. We were like, what do we do? It's Saturday of con and like we're not tied up with the contest for the entire day. Um, and I don't really remember exactly what we did. We took our, we got our picture taken and right. then we took our seven and a half pound egg Oh, that's right. We won a seven and a half pound egg. It's a glass egg. It's currently sitting on my fireplace mantle at my house. It's so heavy. Um, yes, it's seven and a half pounds. <laughs> we I, were like, what is this? I waited. Then we had to move all of our luggage around so that it would, you know, not put the bags over. Yes, we had to play. Um, and take the set back to the hotel room. Yeah, That's what we had to do. We played, we played a luggage Tetris we did. It was good. It was good. Um, so we do that, but then we our live show was at Drunk O'Clock. Yes. So 2.15 a.m. on Sunday morning, which 12.15, sorry, 12.15 a.m. Sunday morning, which is 2.15 a.m. Midwest time. <laughs> so. Yes. So the weird thing about how this was set up is they put programming on the absolute top floor of one of the buildings, which meant that you weren't going to, like, randomly walk past programming and, like, go check it out. You had to physically be, like, purposely going there. Yes. Um, so add that to the hotels being very far away from the buildings, and you get very little to no one coming to late-night programming. Well, and you're in downtown of right. a major city. Which, which you don't want to be wandering around which, at, like, one in the morning. Yeah, that's not necessarily the safest place to be. Yes. Um, and then the other problem was the screens outside the room didn't say what was in the room. So you couldn't even, like, walk by and be like, oh, that sounds interesting. I'm going to go in. So we still had, like, a decent audience, but that whole setup is not really ideal for any type of programming, whether it be um, all ages or not, because we also did an all ages live show. Um, and it was – that one was better attended, but that was, you know, one thirty in the afternoon on a Sunday. But you – they still didn't put anything outside of the rooms. You had to purposely go up there to go to programming. But then you go downstairs and there's a ton of people just milling around, like sitting in hallways and stuff. And it's like, 
if the programming was down there where all the people were milling around, they'd probably mill into the programming rooms. Right. So, you know, when you have to go three floors away from everything else to get to your programming, your programming's not going to get seen unless people are purposely going to that programming. Yeah. So that's not a great setup, but I also don't know that they could change that either, given the way that the attention, like the way the convention center is set up. I don't think they can change that problem. I agree. I think they're kind of stuck with that, but it is just kind of unfortunate because you don't get your passers-by that come in and peek at your programming. Yes. Because we do that when we're just... Oh, yeah, we do that all the time. When we're milling around a convention, we're like, what's going on in this room? Do I want to come sit in here for a couple minutes? But there was, like, no way to really do that at this convention center. There was not. No. So that's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, and it looked like probably when they were in the arc, that was more easily done. But in Summit, it doesn't work at all. Yeah. So um, you really can't accidentally run into programming with the way that Summit's set up. No, absolutely not. No. Although the, the staircase sitting thing was neat. Yeah. So next to the escalators, which are how you get between all of the programming floors, um, they had... It was essentially stairs, but it was a seating area that was right up against the windows. Um, so you could look out into the city from there. And a lot of people brought like cushions oh, and yeah. were sitting on them. People had like their snacks and their drinks. And it was just a really cool like hangout area. And if we would have had like time to hang out when we were in that building, I totally would have liked to have experienced it. But it was, it was really neat. It was pretty. Yeah. I will say, though, that during the um, the 18 Plus show, we did find two Canadians. Yes, we found so Canada. So we found Canada. We did. So Vancouver is very, very close to Seattle, like roughly. Geography. Um, geography. So it's not uncommon for people from Vancouver to attend Seattle conventions. So we did find two Canadians during our 18 Plus show. Yes. Yes. So we found Canada finally. Excellent. Yes. Um. So what else did we do in Seattle? Well, not a whole lot else because we really weren't there very long. Yeah. Um, we were only there Thursday through Monday, and we flew back on Monday at like 7 a.m. We did have our first official Kigurumi Sunday. We did. We wore Bluey and Bingo, and it was too hot for those. The building was way too hot. But we've, we've hot. literally, since since the beginning of when Kigus became popular in the States like 10 plus years ago, yeah. I don't even know how long it's been at this point. We've been talking about Kigurumi Sunday, like how that was just going to be a thing. And we were going to get Kigus and we were going to wear them on Sunday with sneakers and just be comfortable all day. And we've never done it until now. And it was so hot. Yeah. So the Summit building has an issue with temperature control, which I think is funny because it's a brand new building. But it's probably because of all the windows. I think it is because of all the windows. Um, it was so hot in that building. They're going to have to figure something out. Because it's not even, it wasn't even sunny out. Like, it was, it was overcast the whole time, and it was hot in that building. It was hot before we so put on I the don't fleece know, blankets. Like, I don't know what they're going to do when it's summer and they have a convention in there, because it's going to be way too hot. Yeah, so we were just Janet, or we were just Bingo and Bluey and not Janet and Rita. Right. Because we, there's no way that the blankets yeah, would have worked. We had already been in the Summit building previously, and we went, there's no way. We're going to die. I was overheating in Bluey in, like, 30 minutes, and I had to, like, tie it around my waist, because I was dying. Like, I could not handle it. So we'll just have to do um, Janet and Rita as a photo shoot instead. Yeah. Well, and then I will also say I was a little disappointed that there weren't water stations. Yeah, that was weird. Um, so they do, next to the bathrooms, have the water 
bottle fountains, but the bathrooms aren't like extra convenient if Mm -hmm. you're running a panel. Right. So the fact that we didn't have water in our panel room was kind of that was odd. Odd, but I think that's mostly a pandemic thing. Probably. Probably. I feel like there's ways to get around that. Because that's the thing, though, is Seattle literally just lifted their mask mandate, like three or four weeks ago they're still in like they're like two years behind where iowa is with how they treat the pandemic Iowa's ignored the pandemic exactly so (laughs) So. but you know it it really it hit the west coast really hard so they've been more cautious than a lot of like the midwest in terms of removing protections for covid like we had to wear masks still for this convention and we had to prove vaccination. And I never thought I'd have to pull masks back out again. I was like digging through all my stuff from when like we flew to Spain to try to find like the masks that I still had because I didn't want to buy any more. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to need these literally anywhere else. But that's because they literally just lifted their mask mandate like three or four weeks before the convention. So the con had already decided on that and they were going to do it and we don't care. It's like, whatever. whatever. I was glad they let us take them off on stage because they weren't originally. Yes. And then I was upset uh, because how do you lip sync if you have to wear a mask? And so then we bought those weird plastic clear faces. ones and then we ended up not needing them. But that's OK. But now I will just keep them in our stash in case something ever happens and we do need them again. You know. Yeah. But it's the coast and there's an ocean right there. So we ate all the fish. Mm hmm. I don't know if I can ever eat sushi at home again. I can't. It's too good. It's it's too good in Seattle. I don't want Midwest sushi ever again. I mean, I'll probably still eat it, but I'm always going to think about how much better it was in Seattle. Because you'll forget. <laughs> well, and then it, it reminded me about how good it was like when I lived in New York. Because ah. it was so much better in New York, too. Yeah. And then yeah. I was like, oh. Well, to put it in perspective, so the we bought rolls of sushi we went to this cute little sushi place and bought a bunch of sushi and some sake and we had way too much sushi because we're used to the size of rolls that they gave you at home which are like half the size that they gave us here so we ended up with like two and a half meals i think of sushi out of this one trip to this one shop we assumed that the rolls were going to look like they do in the midwest where you get like five pieces and that's it because the price that's what the prices indicated to us because they weren't bad and it was double that. Yeah. So we were like, oh, well. So that being said, we had some for um, for a late night snack. And then I also had some for lunch the next day. And my lunch day old sushi was better than some restaurant fresh sushi that I've gotten where we live. That's accurate. So, Yeah. We also got to have hot pot. Yes, we also went to hot pot. So I was really sad because obviously we didn't go to C2E2, so I didn't get to go to hot pot. But then we found hot pot in Seattle, and it turned out to be the same company (laughs) as the one across the street from C2E2. So clearly we got the seafood platter, so we could eat all of the seafood. It was delicious. It was delicious. And we got to get served by the robot. We did. The cat robot came and it brought our food. It was so cute. Yeah, we didn't get served by the robot last time because we were on a corner. That's right. Um, but the robot served us this time. It's so cute. I love it. It's so happy. I love the robot. I want one. You want a robot <laughs> I knew I to want serve you food? Yes, please. Can I have one? It wouldn't make sense in my tiny house. But no, hey, it would not. You know. Um, 
we went to this fancy green tea place called Nana's that's across the street from the hotel. It was delicious. I got to have a green tea latte, which I haven't had in like 10 years because I used to get them in New York because Starbucks used to have them in New York. And then here by us, they don't have, they don't make them. Yeah. Um, so I haven't had one in ages. So that was nice. I had a green tea frappuccino with soft serve ice cream in yes. it. And it was also delicious. And we found the caffeine. Oh, my goodness. So we're walking to go get lunch. Um, and we had placed an order ahead of time. And we're walking to this little like mall area close by, this little shopping center. And while we're walking, we're like, man, I really need some caffeine. And lo and behold, we look across the street. And like half a block up, right where we need to turn, there's a neon sign that says, caffeine. <laughs> and we're like, oh! It's a sign. <laughs> so we went and they had cherry blossom yes, coffee. So we did. so we got cherry blossom lattes. Yes, because it's cherry blossom season. So a lot of things had like cherry blossom this or cherry blossom that in Seattle. It seemed appropriate for a Sakurakon. It does. I think that's why it's called Sakurakon, it honestly. It is. Um, and we, uh, so we did get to finally see some people too, which was nice. Um, we saw some of our friends from Minnesota who now live in Washington. So um, Sugar saw Neko and um, Bitter Step. We got to see while we were there. And they suggested we get poke bowls. So we had those for the first time too. More fish. With fish, obviously. Obviously. Um, more fish. All the fish have to only eat fish. Um, so although we've known sumikins for a long time we have not seen her maybe ever i don't know if we've ever met i don't think sumikins we've physically ever met crystal yeah until this weekend but i have talked to her for a long time years um for years so it was just really nice to finally like see her in person um i also got to see um Meijin in person as well who i've been talking to for a while online as well because I am obsessed with Fuzzy Baby. Yes. Which is her moth from her um, Monster Hunter costume. It's she has so a little pet cute. moth and it flaps its wings and I love Fuzzy Baby and I'm pretty sure that's how we started talking because I think I like made a comment or something about Fuzzy Baby and then we started talking to each other but I love Fuzzy Baby so much. It seems appropriate. It's so cute um, but it was absolutely fantastic to actually see her in person because it's it's always that weird like when you've been talking to someone for a really long time online and then you finally meet each other in person and you're just like is it okay for me to feel as familiar with you as I do online in person because you're not sure so you're just like it's really awkward at first and you're like oh okay it's cool you know so that was that was nice to finally um get to see her in person too it was it was a good trip yeah Uh I had kind of thought that once I hit, like, some of these bucket list cons, I'd be, like, one and done and be, like, I'm going to go here and then never again. No, but it got worse. I, I feel <laughs> like – I don't feel like I necessarily want to go back, like, immediately just because yeah. there's several other events that particular weekend that we've talked about going to over the years. But I would definitely go back in the future, especially yeah. if Crystal's still running the contest. Absolutely. If, so. if they can get some of the things they need, I would 100% come back to this contest. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, um, it was a really good time. Because I would love for the contest to be at a little bit more of a reasonable hour. That'd be cool. Sure. You know. Yeah. So we, we did have programming Sunday. Um, we heard from some of our friends that were traveling by plane that SeaTac was absolutely 
terrible on Sunday morning. Um, could be because it's a weekend last day. Could have been because it was a holiday. I don't know. We got we left our hotel at four o'clock in the morning to make sure that we were on the air. We were at the airport with plenty of time. So we had to like be leisurely and like walk right through TSA after we got our bags checked and then like go eat breakfast and then go leisurely shop for souvenirs and plain snacks before boarding so that was really nice that was and then we got back to chicago at like a normal time yeah because so when we got up in the morning i was mad about the fact we had a seven o'clock flight and by the time we got to chicago i was like no this was a good choice so we like went and ate lunch in chicago before we left um and got home at like a reasonable hour well like i didn't get home till probably eight and i regretted not taking the day off from work afterward because I do work 10 hour days but my drive it's 12 so I literally I've been home long enough to like eat something and go to bed basically since we left for Seattle so uh that's you know yeah a thing that I think I'm going to have to look at is when we're not coming back on Sunday um do I need to take the day off afterward if we're literally traveling all day? Well, and see, I had kind of thought the same thing. So, like, when we got home, it was after 6. It was between 6 and 6.30 by the time that we got to my house. And then my parents brought our executive producer back, who then was attached to me for a good 20 minutes, which I totally just ate up because I had missed him terribly. Um, But I'm just like... I wish I didn't have to get up in the morning. And like I went to work and my coworker's like, you look really tired. And I'm like, I am really tired, thanks. Yeah, I think <laughs> we're at the point where we're too old to be able to just do that turnaround and like make it work. Yeah. Like I literally was just so exhausted the entire day. Yeah. I was like, I am not here for this. I just cannot. And I had so much work that I had to do. Same. Because I am only, because I'm doing so many other work-related things this month, and we're obviously gone for Regicon and for SakuraCon, like, I'm only in my physical office three days this entire month, so I couldn't not go. But I'm just like, oh my goodness, like, I really just wish I would have had a day to just stay home with the executive producer and just, like, had, like, an us day with the two of us and then gone back to work the next day. I just need a day to get my life together now that this is over. (laughs) I need to clean, and then I need to start working on stuff again, apparently. Well, you know. Well, you know, because you come up with plans um, on your way home, as it is. So many plans. Always. So I need to start getting some of these costumes that I have fabric for done so that instead of buying new things for new costumes, I need to like finish things. So I am not super motivated to work on Hinoto right now, mostly because I don't know what to do with her right now. She's not really wearable. I don't really have any contest plans in the near future since Crunchyroll didn't happen because I was going to enter Hinoto and Crunchyroll and then it, it's not happening. Um, so I think I'm going to switch back to working on Sinbad because at least he's wearable. So it's like, worst comes to worst, I at least wear him somewhere, even if I don't have a competition I want to take him to yet because he can be worn for an extended period and be comfortable. So that seemed like the better option and then I may take 
my massive amount of purple fabrics and turn them into a Gengar Kajinka. I mean, I feel like that's appropriate. Well, because I'm like, what am I going to do with all this fabric? And we've, I've never, we've never, I've never done an original design. Like, I've never done a Gajinka. I'm like, and then very much like, I want to try to do some things I've never done before. And I was like, I have a stupid amount of purple. I should just make a Gengar. I mean, yes. 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 And they will be fabulous. Yes. With all their purple fabrics from Sinbad and Hinoto. It's a good plan. <laughs> because, like, Sinbad has, like, this weird, like, capelet half tunic weird thing <laughs> i don't even know what it is some it's weird in some references it's like a capelet in other references it does look like it's a crop top a, like a crop top and i don't really know like what garment it's actually trying to mimic because i don't think it is i'm just giggling now mimicking in a, in a crop top i mean he would wear a crop top let's be perfectly honest with ourselves yes Yes, um, he would. And he would think he looks fabulous in that crop top. Well, he he does obviously because he obviously does because he's Sinbad and he he looks fabulous in everything or nothing or nothing. Fig leaves, <laughs> just a fig leaf, just a fig leaf. Yatta, yatta. But I I mean I literally like his little capelet, whatever you want to call it, is maybe like half a yard of fabric. I bought a sari because it was cheaper than buying fabric. I think the sari cost me like twenty five dollars because I originally bought it. Thinking I could use it for his um, his skirt slash robe. Because I do think it's actually supposed to be like a phobe. Like an actual like full length robe that cinches in the middle. Which is probably what I'm going to end up doing. And then I looked at it and went, this is the wrong purple. I don't like this purple next to this. I like the eggplant purple that I originally bought. Um, I didn't like the print was too much for that big of a space for him. It was It was conflicting with the whites that I have because I bought saris for sin is mostly saris so his like white overskirt wrap is one type of sari and then his like scarf like that drapes over his shoulders in the front is a different sari and they have like some patterning in them and it was just it was conflicting when it was that much of that pattern so I was like okay I'm gonna use this but it's the right purple for that like odd capelet thing but it's like half a yard, maybe a yard max. And I have six yards of this fabric. And saris are wide. Like, if you pick it up, it's from my shoulders to the floor. Like, it's a lot of fabric. So I have all of that to use. I have all of the pieces that get left over when you try to do a circle skirt because you get an absurd amount of fabric left over. Well, and do you still have fabric left over from barrel one? I, have, I have at least two yards from barrel two. Barrel one, I'm using for Hinoto's um, scrolls. Okay. So I'm not going to use that purple. But I do have, I think, at least two yards from barrel two. Then I have the underskirt fabric from Hinoto. Well, the under uh, piece in general, because she's got... um, I used a cotton against my skin because I don't like satin. So there's like a like a suit weight cotton almost, like a poplin um, that's in like a dark berry red purple that I used under Hinoto. I have a ton of Hinoto, which is like a dark lavender. I have um, some eggplant. I have the sari purple. I have so much purple (laughs) fabric. It's like, well, I think I can use this to make a Gengar because it is a lot of freaking purple. It's a lot of purple. It's a lot of purple. And then it's a little bit of a 
Because I, I was feeling the need to do something with a little bit more freedom, kind of like how Oogie worked, where Oogie was a little bit more open-ended with how I could do it, um, just to not be felt like I'm being held to like a really specific accuracy, just to do something, just to try something. So I'm going to use it to try some techniques that I need to try for some other costumes um, and just see how how they work. But then I should also end up with a wearable costume in the end. So yeah. You know, two birds kind of situation. It's a good plan. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. I mean, if I get it done fast enough, maybe I'll do something with it. I'd have to find a con that allows them um, because that's kind of hard. But they should be, ideally, they'll be hallway friendly. Yeah. So I can wear something that looks fancy in the hallway and not be uncomfortable is kind of the goal. Yeah. So um, they should be nice and fancy and a little on, like, vampire style side. I like it. So, um Got a lavender wig. Might try to um, ventilate a widow's peak into it because I could not find one with a widow's peak in it. But I need to be able to do that for another costume because I can't find a widow's peak rig wig in red, and I need that for a different costume. So I'm gonna have to like ventilate it anyway. So we can see how that process works. So um, it'll just kind of be an experiment in trying some things, and then we'll see what we end up with. Yeah. With all the purple. So the goal will be for me to not have to buy more fabric. It will be how do these purples look to how do these purples look together and can I make this work? Ideally. Ideally. I mean it may or may not work out that way, but I'm hoping because I want to do like a like a tailcoat vest and I think I have enough of the sari fabric to do that. Because that's the biggest piece. Everything else is a lot smaller. Because pants are not too bad and that's about it. It needs to be lined in something, but I might line it in the lavender. Mm-hmm. So I think that could be fun. So you get that contrast of the really dark colors with the light color. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to have to play with it. I might have to do some weird piecing. That's always the bad part about using leftover fabric is you end up doing some really weird like piecing lines to try to get it to work because it is much easier to cut things out of like a big clean piece. But Oh, well, I'll figure it out. Well, and that is the the one thing I will say about... So Harley and Ivy were also stash projects. Yes. Um, I had, like, the perfect amount of my outer fabric, and I have no idea how that happened. I don't know. Like, it was just, like, freakishly that I mean, it was the exact amount that I needed for this particular project. The girls were stash projects, except for those freaking wigs that are stupid expensive. Um, I, so. Yes, for this being a stash project, I still spent a ridiculous amount I of money. I mean, both but. wigs are hundreds of dollars in materials. So, uh. yeah, easily. Yours is definitely over 200 but... Yeah. Oh, I know. I paid for it. I'm fully aware. Oh, and I paid for some of it, too, because I had to get more supplies. Oh, no. Oh, I put, I probably bought another $40 in supplies for that wig. That hurts me. Yep. 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 But I'm going to, I'm not going to try to do an entire stash fabric um, to go with Gengar, but I also like the idea of doing a ghost Pokemon, so I'm going to use some stash fabric to do Chandelure. Yes. Because she pretty. We'll be adorable. We're going to turn her upside down. Yes. It'll be cute. You'll understand when you see the pictures, yes, but yes. it'll be cute. Just turn her, turn her upside down, and that's the and costume. you'll get it, and you'll see it. You'll, you'll see it because yes. we figured it out by accidentally looking at it that way, and we went, "Wait, I love that this. works. Let's do that. Let's just turn it upside down, it's, and now it's a cute little like skirt piece. It's perfect. It's adorable. Um, but this project also gives Ash some opportunities to play with some things that she wanted to play with too. Yes. So it's kind of like a well, we want to play with this stuff. We don't really have like 
a planned costume that can play with some of these techniques. So we'll just make something up. Yeah. Well, and for just wanting to craft, which I know. Yeah, I've we just about, want to make it. I've been talking about wanting to just make something for the yeah. purpose of making it. Well, and that's kind of where I'm at, too. So I'm like, at least these are wearable and, and they'll be cute. Well, we get to stretch our creative right. arms a little bit. Yeah, because so we've nice. never done original designs. So that would be fun. And then, if you know, when they're done, we'll probably, you know, enter them for funsies somewhere. Yeah. If, if nothing we else, can, we could do a really fun spooky shoot. We could do a fun spooky shoot and and so fun. well we'll we'll definitely have to do that. Spooky. Spooky. Have to go be spooky. Maybe we can finally make the Halloween meetup this year that they have in one of the cities. Oh, near maybe. You. Maybe we always miss it. Yes. There's usually things. It'll probably be when Fusion is, and we'll have to miss yes. it. Well, usually it's in September. We could take them to Fusion. We could, take and we them can to hang Fusion. out at Fusion with them in the spooky because they're so cute. Be the spooky. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the local photographers get together around the shortly after Labor Day, typically, and we'll do like a Halloween themed photo shoot just for like the community. So maybe one of these years we'll get to go. Maybe we'll see. Probably but it not. does tend to be on like Fusion weekend, and we're hoping to return to Fusion this year. So we're still we're still checking some some other things, but I really missed Fusion last year, so I'm really hoping that I can make that work. Fingers crossed. Um, but we don't know if some of these other conventions that we have in the works around that time are going to take or not so gotta wait that's gotta okay. see there's not one on fusion weekend though we might just end up really busy <laughs> oh, <goodness. laughs> depends on how much con i want to do in like a two-month period right basically especially if you're gonna need all these extra buffer days how much distance con do i want to do in a two-month period is is what it'll be so yeah We'll see. Because, of course, nothing is close to us. We've traveled everything. So it's not like I'm just hopping in my backyard to go to con. Like, everything's at least three hours away. So, you know. Alas. Alas. Infusion's like six. Well, friends, it's been fun. Yeah. Um, But we got a live show to do tonight. We do. And then you're going to get another episode from us pretty shortly. Yes. Not your schedule, our schedule. Our schedule, <laughs> yes, because we're going to have to. We're literally recording this the Friday before it airs because we're a little Shh. behind. We had every intention of recording it at SakuraCon. It didn't work. Well. It just, it wasn't going to work. Like, we couldn't do it. It's fine. We didn't have, like, all the info we needed yet to, like, be able to do it. So I think we've confirmed that, like, we're just, that's not going to be a thing. We can't record the episode for the con the Sunday of con. Like, it just doesn't work. We need time to, like, get our information together. Yes. So. Oh, well. Oh, well. But I'm Ash. I'm Mel. We are Lovey Cosplay. And this is Shenanigans Cosplayers Say. You've been listening to Shenanigans Cosplayers Say, produced by LVC Productions. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Twitch, and YouTube at Lavi Cosplay. Our podcast Instagram is podcast SCS. Our website is lavicosplay.com. Have a fun, crazy con or cosplay-related story, absurd cosplay question, or just something in general to share with us? Email us at podcastscs at gmail.com or DM us at podcastscs or lavicosplay on Instagram. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and remember, just because you can, 
doesn't mean you should.